Father, we are thankful for your word, both living in Christ, written in Scripture. Thank you for your Holy Spirit to live within us, to work so that we are being conformed to Christ's likeness. As we look at a portion of 1 Peter this morning, we want to be hearers, doers of your word, living for your glory. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. A little over 47 years ago, I asked Ruth Ann if she would marry me. And as I asked her to marry me and she said yes, she said I will not, or I said to her, I will not be giving you a diamond because my beliefs do not permit me to give you a diamond, seeking to live out the beliefs that I had been taught in my church. I did say we will compromise and we can have wedding rings, and that was a real compromise, but we had wedding rings. And over the years, I would say to Ruth Ann, I'm going to buy you a diamond sometime. And I know what she thought each time I said I was going to buy her a diamond sometime, sometime. But when is sometime? So I made a decision that I was going to buy her a diamond, and I started to save some money. You know, a couple bucks here, a couple bucks there, and... The kids weren't mowing the field across the road from the parsonage, and I would mow that at times, and I would take all that money, and I'd stick it in an account. And it's what I call my diamond money. It was holy money. It was set apart. I was not going to use it for anything else. No matter what happened, I was not going to touch up money other than buying a diamond. It was holy. Holy in the sense that it was set apart. That's what God wants us to be, holy, set apart. Along a different line, if you see little kittens around, what do you assume? That there's some cats around. Because kittens come from cats. You can assume there was a female and a male cat around. With those thoughts in mind, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter writing to God's elect, the strangers in the world. And in 1 Peter 1, he's giving some direction to them, how to live in a world that is not treating them well. 1 Peter 1, verses 13 through 16. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully in the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy, because I am holy. I know I mentioned this the last several weeks, but the pattern in the New Testament is to present the foundation, the nature of the new life, who you are in Christ, your being. And then he moves into the building, if you please. Do live accordingly. 
You can't have a building without a good foundation. You can't have a godly life without understanding being who we are in Christ. And in verses 1 through 12, Peter has presented the fact that the people to whom he is writing are his elect, chosen, sanctified by the Spirit, sprinkled by Christ's blood. They're receiving grace and peace. That's the being. That's the foundation. In light of that, he says, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope in the grace to be given to you. Be holy. He also says in chapter 1, 1 through 12, you've experienced a new birth into a living hope. You experience a new birth into an inheritance that won't perish, spoil, or fade away. You're shielded by God's power. You're receiving the goal of your faith. You're experiencing salvation predicted by the prophets. Prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope on the grace to be given to you. Be holy. In light of Peter's hearers being in Christ, in light of our being in Christ, he calls his hearers as well as us today to be holy. We looked at set your hope last week. And in verses 14 and 15, he says, As obedient children, do not conform to the desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But, just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. He's writing to God's elect. He's writing to strangers. And here he calls them obedient children. Apparently, those who were God's elect, those who were strangers... We're living a lifestyle of obedience. Just as children obey their father, these strangers were obeying their father. He, in essence, is saying, you're to be like me. If you see people who are living as obedient or in obedience to Christ, you know that God has to be around because he is their father. Obedience simply means to listen, to hearken, to render submissive acceptance, action without questioning. As obedient children, do not conform to the desires that you had. And notice that in verse 14, he says, do not conform. In 15, he says, be holy in all you do. The core of obedience in daily life involves a put off and a put on. There can't be a put on without there being a put off. You can't live in a vacuum. There must be both the putting off and the putting on. The putting off is do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. The putting on is being holy. Both are essential. Without this being a reality, basically one lives in stagnation. There's two levels of putting off and putting on. The first one is positionally. Just thinking about who you are in Christ. We often have inserts in the bulletin. Who you are in Christ. Verses three or 1 through 12 emphasize 
who you are in Christ, but it also involves the daily living, the mind, the thoughts, the desires, the attitudes in daily life. Putting off and a putting on. Need a volunteer. Micah. I'm going to give Micah this mitten. If you would put it on your right hand. Now, I'd like you to put this glove in your right hand also with all the fingers in each of the slots. Can you do it? Stop and think. Can you do it? What must you do if you're going to put this on? Okay, thank you, Micah. I'll take both of them now. That's what Paul is saying. Don't be conformed. Put off. And in its place, put on, be holy as I am holy. And that's a quote coming from Leviticus. In practical day-by-day living, he is saying to his hearers, he's saying to us today, there must be a put off. And he put on. We're not going to turn to these passages, but some parallel passages. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, Paul says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Putting off. Putting on. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he talks about love. Involves a putting off. A putting on. Ephesians four seventeen through chapter 5 and verse 21, he says, put off these actions. And he lists a number of evil actions. And he says, in their place, put on. In Colossians 3, 1 through 17, he again says, put off, put on. In James 3, 13 through chapter 4 and verse 12, and talking about heavenly wisdom and earthly wisdom, put off earthly wisdom, put on heavenly wisdom. In 1 John chapter 3, 4 through 24, he talks about putting off hate, putting on love. There must be a putting off and a putting on. And that involves the thoughts, the beliefs, the attitudes, the desires, the motives, as well as words and actions. Now, earlier I mentioned about I did not buy Ruth Anna Diamond. And by the way, I gave her a used stereo set as a gift for engagement. That's terrible. I admit that. But for me to get to the point where I would buy a diamond, I had to put off and put on. I began to put off some thinking and some beliefs about what was correct and what was incorrect and put on some other thoughts about beliefs or uh, beliefs about what was correct and incorrect, and I came to the point that I could buy her a diamond. But it required some change inside of me because I had a very strong belief that I could not do that. I changed so I could put on action. And Peter is saying to these people, there has to be a put off. Do not conform to the Desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is be holy, you're to be holy. So what was happening? They were to put off. Formerly, 
They were ignorant of God. Now they have a knowledge of Christ and God. They were not children, God's children. Now they're God's children. They were not a people. Now they are a people. They were controlled by evil desires. Now controlled by obedience to God. They had a futile, empty way of life. Now they're to have a holy way of life. Formerly, they wanted to be affirmed by society. Now they're going to be maligned and misunderstood by their culture. Peter says, do not conform. A putting off, a putting on. Do not conform simply means there's to be continuous action. Continuous action of not being like their former desires. Don't fashion in accordance with the way you, the desires you had when you were unbelievers. Don't assimilate yourself. Don't be poured into the mold. In essence, what Peter is saying. Ruth Ann makes some jello up and she did it. And she poured it into this container. She poured this into the cup. Peter is saying, don't conform, don't be poured into the mold of the desires that you had before you came to Christ. When you were living in ignorance, don't be poured into that mold any longer. Don't assimilate yourself to those items. Now keep in mind that believers and unbelievers may have the same desires. But he says believers don't conform to those desires. You ever stop to consider that evil desires are part of life? But don't conform to them. Don't be poured into their mold. Peter does not say, do not have evil desires. He says, don't conform to them. How many times have Christians said, what's wrong with me? I have this desire. It's not correct. There's probably nothing wrong with you. And Peter doesn't say, don't have the desires. Don't conform to them. This week I was talking to someone. And we were discussing something very heavy duty that has affected me very deeply in life. And I said to the person, you know what I really feel like doing? It wasn't very nice. And I was referring to a particular person. But I will not. Because I don't live that way any longer. That's what Peter is saying. Don't conform to the desires. Don't be poured into their mold. The desire may be present. But he says, don't be poured into its mold any longer. And he says, these are evil desires. They're desires for anything, a lust after that which is not good. It's an action that, you know, if you yield to the desire, then there's an action. And if desires are put off, actions fall into place. He says, don't. 
be poured into their mold. When you lived in ignorance, he's a reference to their lives before they experienced the new birth. A reference to before becoming strangers or God's elect. A reference to before the sanctifying work of the Spirit. A reference to before being sprinkled by the blood of Christ. When you lived in ignorance before coming to Christ, don't conform to them. I think there's something very significant here that we need to keep in focus. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. The issue is a choice not to conform. If you're honest, and I think I'm safe in saying this, if you're honest at all, and I ask if you had had an evil desire in the last year, I think every one of you would raise your hand. Peter says, don't conform. So some questions. Are we resisting desires of ignorance? Are we resisting them? Desires may be present. Are we choosing to resist them? Are we feeding ignorant desires by what we watch on TV? Listen to in the radio, see, play on the internet, places we go, thoughts we dwell on, and so on. He says, don't conform to them. So if we're not going to conform to them, at times we need to say, I'm not going to feed them. Why be exposed? to that which feeds ignorant desires. It's like a man that I was counseling years ago, battled tremendously with a temptation, and for over 30 years yielded to the temptation, came to Christ, And we were talking one day and said, Pastor, I'm really tempted. I said, stop going to this place that will deal some with your desire. You're feeding the desire by going to the place because it increases your desire, increases your temptation. Stay away. That's just practical living. You cannot yield to holiness. That's a wrong word there. You cannot yield to holiness if you feed ignorant desires. Put off evil desires. Resist them. Don't conform to them. Don't feed them. Some desires that people in Peter's day would have battled with. Some desires that we may battle with today. Alcohol. 
Got to be busy. Got to be on the go. Because if I'm not busy and on the go, I'm not worth anything. Got to have food to be content. Food is not wrong. We got to eat. But, you know, I got to have it to be content. Don't conform to the desires and ignorance. Worry. I got a chuckle out of a lady the other day visiting the hospital and uh, talked about worry. And I said, you know, worry is like sitting in a rocking chair, a lot of motion, but you're not going anywhere. And she just laughed. I thought, well, that was good for my soul to see her laugh because of what she was going through. But that's our form of life. We're tempted to worry. The people to whom Peter is writing writing, apparently had some worries and concerns because he's saying to them, live as strangers, continue to live as strangers, even though you're going to go through difficulties and you are facing difficulties. Don't worry about it. Don't fret about it. How many of us have had thoughts over the years when we were raising our children, or if you are raising your children, I'm a good parent if my child obeys. I'm a good parent if my child obeys. And then you try to make your child respond, especially in a public setting, because you're going to make me look bad. Or how about a child? Or a teenager thinking, my parents are so difficult. No one else has parents like I do. Lay that aside because you can't. Be obedient in that context. Peter says, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires when you had to, when you lived in ignorance. But just as he has called you, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Next week, Lord willing, we'll look at some passages in Leviticus where be holy because I am holy come from and what it involves in life. But want to consider not be conformed with a couple examples. The first one being, I must have acceptance. Peter's hearers, as you read through the book, wanted acceptance from people. But they were experiencing rejection because of their faith in Christ. Because they were living as obedient children, there was some rejection. Bringing from our old life, we like acceptance from people. How many times do we respond in a certain way because we fear rejection? (coughs) Tied in with that is just our acceptance in Christ. Ephesians 1 We're blessed with every spiritual blessing. We've been adopted as God's children. We're going to be presented to God holy and blameless. We've been redeemed. We've been forgiven. And, you know, a host of other good things in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. It's a putting off and a putting on. Putting off, I've got to be accepted. Putting on, I am already accepted in Christ. And I can, I can say from experience. It's been a battle the last year 
What do people think? Do I have acceptance? Yes, I do. In Christ. What do people think of me as a parent? What do people think of you as a grandparent? How you respond to the job? In Christ. Put off. Put on. How about worry and fretting? You ever worry? No, you think about the same thing. Over and over and over again. You go to God and 10 minutes later, you're thinking about the same thing over and over again. Former way of life. Do not conform. Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God. He's saying, don't worry, don't fret, don't live in the old life. He's saying that to his hearers. He's saying that to us today. Instead, rejoice. When you're prone to worry, rejoice who you are in Christ. Rejoice in the Lord. He's creator. He's sustainer of the universe. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's everywhere present. He says, again, then rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. What's the idea of gentleness? I accept the circumstance. And the Lord is near. Where's the Lord? Well, he's out there somewhere. Paul says, he's near. He's close. And then he says, take all those worries, bind them together, and give them to God. In essence, that's what Peter is saying. That's what Peter is telling us. What he's telling his hearers looks like in day by day living. One more example, then we'll wrap it up. Drugs and alcohol. Some people have been involved in drugs and alcohol, using them incorrectly and just in impacting them in a very negative way. Did Peter's hearers have some of those temptations? Very possible. The text doesn't say specifically. But a putting off of those desires. I want to have a drink. I want to get a high. I will come to Jesus when I'm laboring and heavy laden. He'll give me rest. I will understand that in Christ... I have completeness, I have fullness, I can say no to the temptation. I can live in deep dependency upon God. Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just he he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Do you desire to be holy? Will you choose, first of all, to put off, to not be conformed, so that you can put on, be holy inside as well as outside? A number of years ago, there's a man that stopped in my study He was broken up. He was very upset. He said to me, Pastor, I 
you probably won't believe what I did this week. He didn't say it in this way, but because of what I'm speaking on, I'm wording it this way. He, in essence, said, I conformed to an evil desire that I had years ago. Conformed to the desire in the sense that I gave into it. And if you're putting it in the category of levels of sin, one, two, three, or four, it would have been a 50. No, it was serious. He said, what do I do? There's such a thing called repentance, I replied. Turn from being conformed to that evil desire in the future. Turn from it. Make an about face and turn to the Lord. We prayed together. There was heartfelt brokenness and sorrow over his Sin, his conforming to an evil desire that he had before he came to Christ. And in talking to him since that time, he has said to me numerous times, I have those desires quite often, but I'm not conforming. That's what Peter is saying. Don't yield, don't conform to the desires. Be holy. Let's pray together. Father, we know that Peter's hearers were struggling. Peter writes to encourage them, reminding them of who they are in Christ. reminding them of what you have done for them. They're your elect as we are your elect. They were strangers as we are strangers. They were sprinkled by the blood of Christ or cleansed by the blood of Christ as we are. They experienced your mercy and had a new birth and their living hope as we have, along with other items. And in light of that, Peter says to them as well as to us, don't conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. We want to be a people that is obedient, living in light of that. And we recognize that when desires come, we don't have to conform to them because of being in Christ. Keep us sensitive. May we also be an encouragement and a blessing to one another. If we're struggling, the freedom to share with others so that they can pray for us and encourage. The freedom to cry out to you. The freedom to not live as islands, but to let others minister to us. So that more and more we're being holy and our thinking in our beliefs, in our attitudes, in our words, and in our actions. All of that, Father, for your glory. 
For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.